Michael, this is all very confusing. This is On Markets with Remy Tino and Mike, the podcast where we decrypt and demystify economic, financial, and other investing concepts. In this episode, we're going to talk about the seventh item on Tino's list of top 10 biggest mistakes he's made on his way to becoming a professional investor, which is know when you don't know. So Tina, tell us about knowing when you don't know. Yeah, that was a, this was a harsh lesson to learn. You know, there's a, there's this notion that you feel like you got to know everything, right? You sit down and whatever subject it is, we're going to use investing, but it can really be anything. You, you want to learn every little detail. So you feel like you have a better understanding. And that was, that was the, the approach that I originally took when it came to investing, which is not always the best thing to do when you're dealing with multiple asset classes, geographies, uh, factors and, and, and whatnot. So uh, you, you can go into analysis paralysis pretty quickly and get lost in the weeds. And, and when you do that, you realize that you have a hard time getting a good picture of what it is you're trying to do. So after making, again, many, many mistakes along the way, uh, I've, I've taken more of a generalist approach uh, these days where I, I have a kind of from a top-down perspective what it is that I want to do. And then the moment I feel like I'm a little bit too ahead of my skis or I don't quite understand what I'm doing, I push the ego aside or I push the desire to want to learn more aside and I get the help from somewhere else, whether it's on our team here or we have subject matter experts that we work with all the time. Uh, that's the idea. So a good example right now would be, let's say, the bond market. You know, I have a pretty good idea where we want to invest in the bond market, but I haven't traded a bond before. I, I, I know what a convertible bond is. I like convertible bonds sometimes, but never bought one before. No idea, no clue how to build a portfolio like that. So what we do is we focus on the asset allocation. Then we get to the point where we want to invest. We bring in someone that knows what they're doing. And that's the real key component right now for investing more than anything else because the complexity right now in markets is something like we've never seen before. So I think now more than ever, knowing what you don't know is paramount. So I remember when sort of knowing what you don't know became almost like a buzzword, like a phrase everybody was saying. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, you're usually together to quote stuff. If I'm not mistaken, it came from a, a Donald Rumsfeld speech and he, where he talked about, you know, there's known knowns and known unknowns and unknown unknowns. And at the time, I think everybody sort of made fun of him because it sounded kind of silly, but it, but I believe that's where the, you know, knowing what you don't know sort of came from. And it, and it became one of those things that you heard all the time, sort of like people say it is what it is now, right? But you heard, you, know, you have to know what you don't know. You know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, Usually, you know, Tino, you'll you'll make some comment and then Remy will come up and say, you know, I don't think that's specific to investing. You know, it, it applies to lots of other stuff. This one, I think more than anything else we talk about applies to everything. And I don't even think it's really about knowing what you don't know. I, I think it's more about just being comfortable with not knowing and, and being able to admit it and, and, and get, you know, and get the experts like you're talking about. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'd rather be rich than right all day. And, uh, but it's, it's a psychological problem, right? It, it and you know, Mike, you know, you've run businesses before and Remy as well, you've managed people. It's, it's not easy to let go. And in many, in many instances, this is what you have to do is you kind of have to let go and let somebody else, you have to trust that person uh, or, you know, to do, do, do diligence, whatever it may be to get the, to, to establish that trust. But you got to let go. Otherwise, again, you're going to get lost in the weeds too fast. Well, it's not easy when you're, you know, when you're first in the business, right? When you're younger and you want to prove yourself and you, and you want to prove that you know everything. And the temptation is there to sort of fake your way through, right? I, when I first got in the business, I, I had a manager whose favorite thing to say to me, no matter what it was, if I didn't know something, if I had a question, he'd just fake it till you make it. He would say it to me all the time. It was the worst advice ever, right? But that was his thing was fake it till you make it, which is the exact opposite of know what you don't know. 
And there's so many people that are like that. And it does take age or maturity or getting your ass handed to you a few times that, that will make you will get you comfortable with, with just saying, man, I don't have any idea. The irony though, is that, is that when you admit it, it, it sort of lends a credibility to you that, that you didn't have before. Right. I think people respect the fact that you say, you know, I really just don't have any idea. You know, there's no shame in not knowing. I just don't know. And I'll find out the answer for you, but, but I don't know right now. I feel like that lends a credibility to, to the person that, you know, you feel uncomfortable saying it because you think that the, that on the other side of the conversation, that person is going to think, oh, I don't want to work with this person. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. But I feel like more often than not, it's the opposite. It's, I know for me, I, I feel that way. I feel like, oh, you know what? This person admitted they don't know what's, what I'm asking them, but they're willing to go and find the answer for me. I, I trust that you're going to get the answer. It's that comfort thing too, though, right? It, you're comfortable saying, I don't know. And you have confidence saying you don't know. It's right. the way you put it across, right? If, if, if somebody asks me a question, I go, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's this. It, it, I might be right. I might be 100% right, but I don't instill confidence the way I put it across. If somebody asks me something and say, you know, man, I don't know, but I'll find out. You know, if, you, if you're just out with it like that, you're right. People, it instills confidence in people. It's ironic, right? It's kind of weird. It seems the opposite, or I shouldn't say ironic. It's counterintuitive, but it does. If, if you're confident about saying that you don't know, People have confidence in you. You know, I think it's interesting what you're talking about. It's very similar to, uh, you've got a lot of perma bulls and perma bears out there, right? Those people that are always bullish. The people that are always bearish, no matter what. It's, it's very similar to what you're talking about there, Remy, where if somebody is always talking in one direction, they always know the answer. They always know the answer. You got to be a little skeptical, right? I mean, it's one of the things that I try to do when I read reports. Uh, I read a lot of research and you know, those, those individuals out there, like I said, that are always bullish, no matter what the market's doing. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But there's always a bear case to be had and, and flip it around. So one of the litmus tests I try to do is to say, okay, if I've got a perma bear here who's always saying the world's going to end, when was the last time that person was bullish and right? Because unless you got that, you, you have somebody that's, that you just can't trust, I, I think, in the long term. I remember the first time I heard that this expression, I thought it was genius. I had just gotten into the business, it was probably maybe 15 years ago. At the time, premium finance was hot and I didn't know anything about it at all. All I know is that the firm I was working for had two clients that were, you know, had been into premium finance for about a year and they went from making a little bit of money to owning a private plane. And I was like, this is the world I need to be in. So I, you know, went to my manager at the time and was like, this is for me. I need to be in premium finance, you know, and I, and I hounded him, I hounded him. And he said, no, you know, you, you need more education, you need more experience. Okay. You know, a week later, yeah, I think, I, I think I'm there. I, I want to get in. And I mean, I beat this guy up for like two months and I was probably more aggressive at that time too. And, uh, you know, finally he, he just had it and he said, you know what? I'm sick of you coming here. You don't even know what you don't know. Get out of my office. And I left and I went, Oh my God, that's a genius thing to say. And he was right. I had no idea what I didn't know. I didn't even know how to get the information. Well, the statement itself is kind of, it's impossible to know what you don't know. Exactly. But I thought about it. I've thought about it off and on that, that particular experience. I've thought about it over the years, which always makes me a little bit nervous, right? It, it, It sort of, it sort of instilled this almost lack of confidence in everything I do because I, you know, now I start to research and research and whatever it happens to be. It doesn't have to be, you know, like you said, Mike, it could be anything in, in, in life. Um, and I tend to do a lot more research now that I've gotten a little bit older and I'm a little bit more hesitant on the decisions that I make. You know, I like to be a little bit more educated before I just jump into something. And the more I, I research something, the more I start to think, man, I, maybe I really don't know as much as I think I know. And I do more research and I feel like I know less. The more I know, the less I know, you know, or the less I feel I know, you know, There's which, which kind of right? goes. Yeah, that, exactly. That, that, and that does happen, right? The more you, the more you dig into something, the more you realize you, you don't know. Right. And 
Yeah. Listen, you should Which call goes back, back to in, what in, Tina was talking about, sort of, a, you know, anal- a paralysis by analysis, right? It's like, yeah. you know, what, well, how do you know when you don't know something and you need to do more research, but how do you know that you've done enough research and, and you know enough to sort of to jump in and, and, and get started? Yeah, you don't know. No. It's, it's just a feel. You, you ever call that guy back and thank him? When's the last time you talked to him? Yeah, it's been a while, actually. I should. He'd probably get a you kick should, out of you it. You should call him out of the blue and, and say, hey, man, you know what? This, this is one of those, those moments when I'm sure you have no idea that you were just so annoyed you wanted me out of your office, but you actually said something profound that, that has stayed with me for years. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to call him out right now. This is, it was John McWilliams. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> is he, he's still out there, too, isn't he? I think he still has the yes. place, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You still have a price. I, I, I see him post on, he doesn't have, well, maybe he does. I have no idea, but. I see him posted on LinkedIn every once in a while. So Colorado brokers. Uh, I'm going to give him a shout out on LinkedIn, post this to it. That's hilarious. Yeah. You, well, John, and, John and, McWilliams. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> profound, uh, profound statement affected my life. Should I call it the fake, but the fake it till you make it guy? Probably not. <laughs> I think you should actually. <laughs> oh, that's like the 90% of venture yeah. capital, the fake it till you make it. I mean, they just had that, uh, uh, what's her name? She just showed up in court. Elizabeth Holmes. Remember her? She was the CEO of that. Well, uh, that was that medical blood testing thing, right? company. Yeah. Yeah. Blood yes. company. yeah. What's it called? Um, I don't know. The billion dollar company. Uh, I just completely blanked on it. It wasn't worth anything. Yeah. The single finger prick. I just saw a Netflix documentary on her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's basically her whole thing was, you know, fake it till you make it. And she kind of fell a little short I mean, there. She did. <laughs> she, she, she faked yeah. it and she did make she, it. And then she fell off afterwards, right? She should have quit when she was ahead. Too much faking it. Well, she faked it and never made it, basically, is the issue. She made money, but she didn't really... That's know. true. So, Tino, did you, uh, did you see your heroes on Saturday Night Live? I have not watched Saturday Night Live since the mid- early to mid-90s for a reason. So It's uh, not I funny. It. It's not funny. It's, it's the core function of that show, and they have failed miserably since I was in high school. So I'm, I don't watch it anymore now. I'll be honest. I have never watched it. I have never seen a funny episode ever. I've tried a handful of times. I just, I, I, I just don't get it. It's one of those things that, you know, if you watch about six hours of it, you know, you'll catch about 10 minutes of funny stuff, but it's just not the, the ratio of funny to non-funny is just, it's not worth the investment of time. So did you oh, see any um, of, of the, the clips or anything from this weekend? I watched the intro. I watched Elon Musk's intro because it, it made such a big deal about it. Shouting to the moon and all this stuff. Was, that, was, was that in the intro? It, it wasn't in the intro, but um, it was uncomfortable to watch. He, he, I thought, anyways. <laughs> Did you watch it, Tino? No, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's not easy to act and, and get on stage like that. I mean, I'm not defending Elon Musk for anything, but <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it's, to go on national TV like that and do something, I mean, those actors on there, even though they're not funny, I mean, they've they got a lot of training. I couldn't imagine yeah. how, how weird that would feel. It just felt uncomfortable to watch. I didn't realize he has Asperger's. So, really? which, <clears throat> yeah, which he announced that he was like the first person with Asperger's to host SNL or something like that. So, to add to the struggle, I, I guess. But yeah, it was. It was named that syndrome, by the way, Asperger's. I mean, it's bad enough you have it, you got to call it Asperger's. It's pretty bad when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably some doctor's name, but I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Tough name. I got news for it. I'd change my name if it was Asperger. Yeah. <laughs> There's a house for sale around the corner and the woman's last name is a Ramdas. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you got to change your name, no? <laughs> it's tough. 
<laughs> it's like an 18th birthday. The very next thing <laughs> yeah. I do, I'm at 12.01 yeah. a.m. I'm, I'm at the office. Tell me about it. That's <laughs> tough. I feel bad for you, Ronda Ramdas, wherever you so, are. <laughs> so anyway, back to, uh, back to Elon. What, what did he say? I mean, I, I saw, that, I guess, the value of Dogecoin, what, dropped 30%? So I, yeah, so that, that's actually what made me look at it because Tino shot me that, uh, that article about the, about Dogecoin dropping. So I watched it. So he brought his mom on stage, which I thought was kind of odd or whatever, but they made some sort of joke about, um, Mother's Day. I guess maybe that's why he brought her out there. She made a joke about something about, you know, what'd you get me for Mother's Day? And, and she said, I hope it wasn't Dogecoin. And he sort of had this, this comeback, like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and the look <laughs> on his face was like, oh man, this sucks. Right? So, so I assume that's what made Dogecoin plummet. But how crazy is that, right? One comment on SNL and it, a joke at that, you know, you see, so, what a 30, 40% drop. But at some point, are all these crazy comments going to start losing that kind of effectiveness, I guess, if that's what you want to call it? I mean, it's it's gotten to the point of being absurd. If the guy says anything or, or he or he mentions an acronym of something or it, that it has this gigantic effect at some point, will that... Will people sort of become immune to that, you think? You got to think over time they would. I mean, again, I go back to it. People have to lose and lose big for them to realize that this is not a game. I mean, right now it's, you know, the, the, this gamification of investing uh, is funny right now because everybody was, has been given a ton of money by the government to go and play with their little video game apps, trading stocks. And that's all going to be fun until they start losing money and not just the government's money because it's going to get them hooked and they're going to lose their own money. And I think that's going to be the, the, the kind of the line in the sand. Well, I'm going to quote Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are talking about, Zeno. <laughs> that's perfect. This podcast is created and presented by Darwin Asset Management, LLC and Darwin Advisors, LLC, collectively referred to as Darwin. Darwin does not make any representation or warranties and therefore takes no responsibility as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information contained in this podcast. Any tax or legal information contained in this podcast is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The information presented does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there could be no assurance that any investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Information presented is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the securities mentioned herein.